Editor's note, this episode contains intentionally distorted audio effects. On the cover, we see a close-up of Sam's face as he meditates in the middle of a clearing, Waldo's head resting on his lap. He is surrounded by strange, floating orange lights. His eyes glow with a mysterious, otherworldly energy. Wonderworld Comics proudly presents Out of Left Field, a Southpod Waldo story. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonderworld Comics. Our comic opens with Southpaw alone in the room at Belch's cottage in the Feywild, the upstairs bedroom with Waldo, writing a letter at the desk. My dear Midnighters, sorry to leave only a note for goodbye, but me and Waldo gotta go alone for a little while. I don't know if it was the kill or the mildew on that boat's rigging or even pickle soda, but something hasn't felt right in me for a while now. It's hard to explain, but but it feels bad. I can't endanger any of y'all not knowing what's happening to me. And I can feel or almost smell the answer wafting to me from somewhere out here in the Fay Wilds. Once I learn the name of my nemesis and the arc of my fate, Waldo and I will come and find you all again. Peace and love, Southpaw. And we got a panel that's a close-up of Sam's face as he's writing this. What, what expression is Sam wearing as he is offering this letter? Um, I think his eyes are bloodshot. His jaw is clenched, and uh, and yeah, it's sort of a. Uh, there's like bags under his eyes. He's like weary and kind of determined. Um, but as he kind of puts the last flourish on it, he you see a little glimmer of a tear in his eye as well. And, um, a, you know, just a slight quiver on his lip that he holds, holds back. And uh, what does he say to Waldo before he departs? Um... He says, uh, well, buddy, looks like we might be uh, in for, I don't know, playing fetch with some different kinds of sticks. Let's go. They head out the window into the setting sun. You have been feeling this pull somewhere seated deep inside your heart. And uh, almost this, uh, like, smell you can taste with your mind has been calling and calling to you. And ever since you stepped into the Feywild, that voice has become, become louder and louder and louder. And you can sense it from somewhere deep in the heart of Sidroth. As you press forward through the vegetation, you feel this sort of almost rhythmic, pulsing as the vegetation start, starts to shift from this vibrant iridescent purples and greens and blues to uh, very subdued 
kind of drab greens and reds and browns and uh small uh, the scent of decay starts to enter the air and uh this feeling intensifies and you the the pulsing is now almost uh almost sounds and feels like breathing somewhere deep inside as you the woods as you head closer and closer to the heart of whatever this is how has sam been dealing with this over the past few weeks as you know what's been going through his mind as he's been that has been leading up to this moment, this kind of culmination of whatever um, this is. Yeah. So I think like, so as Sam is like running through the foliage and sort of like fantastical, you know, rainforest of, you know, unknown things, he's sort of like, deeper and more purpley and like drying out and getting more, you know, like, you know, like desiccated and dead mm -hmm. branches and limbs and like, and, and as like you, windswept tunnels of leaves and shit. As you kind of move through these foothills, you reach kind of where Sinroth meets the mountains that time forgot. That is kind of like the edge of the Feywilds of Spring that gives way to the Courts of Autumn and the lands beyond. And uh, you keep climbing higher and higher up this mountain along this kind of boundary uh, before you approach, uh, you kind of crest this horizon and there's sort of this grotto valley nestled deep in the crook of the rocks there and you sense this this power emanating from within this sort of space this deep almost rhythmic breathing just Like a little veil where there's like a pocket again of of like once again lush and vibrant, but still instead of you know light and green and sun, it's like shadow and purple and you know deep red and, and charcoal kind of but but lush and nestled in the back of this grotto with a technicolor beam of the setting sun illuminating this sort of growth almost this infection of well, yeah. What is what does Sam see as he looks upon this? Well, I think it's like at the back of a you know like sort of overhang, almost you know a bit of a cave, and so there's like a weeping wall, and actually there's like slime molds that creep across it in iridescent purples and oranges, and um, you know out of cracks in the rocks are like other 
fruiting bodies of mushrooms and stuff, but it's sort of like this, like, yeah, sort of this water. and glow and growth and light and slime light we could call slime it slime light it's slime light mm-hmm. maybe it's light slime mm-hmm. um and he's always like reaching out to touch it forecast of light slime today <laughs> <laughs> as you uh touch this kind of mass of uh Slime light and uh, step into this grotto. The breathing begins to form a voice. Who are you? You have heard my call. Now you may reap your reward. What reward? What is this? What's going on? What's happening to me? You have answered a higher calling from beyond the veil. Beyond veil? Higher calling? Like, what What do you mean? What, what does that mean? I can offer you what you have always desired. The power to change those around you, the world around you, to make a difference. Why? Why are you doing this to me? You should be asking yourself. You came to me after all. What if I refuse? Then someone else will answer my will. Will be done, but you, through you, you could steer it, guide it, help me form the world with your vision, with your guidance. Does it, does it have to consume me? It only consumes you if you do not embrace it. Will it force me to, to to hurt people? It cannot force you to do anything. All I offer is a chance to become something more. Where do you come from? Past the veil that you have now pierced. I live in many worlds and in none. Between them, beyond them, I seek only to experience, to live, to thrive. I cannot see the sunlight. I have never gazed beyond the horizon. If I partake of this great undoing that you offer, I am not undoing. I am not destruction, nor corruption. 
No death. I am a cycle. An endless circle. Of rebirth. Renewal. You have seen this balance. This delicate duality. Of nature. It grows. But it also consumes. It lives. But it also dies. This is what I offer. A chance to be reborn. Yeah, I guess it's like you said, it's what I asked for. Let me, let me feel it, at least, what it could be like. And the sort of glowing congealed mass before you sort of shifts and the glowing sort of egg-like spores kind of form a multi-eyed sort of twisted face and its mouth opens and your mind is consumed by a vision and you see Southpaw standing before a massive massive invasion fleet from space and before you and around you, the Vindicators are crumbled and fallen. The Mantis's nanotech suit has been shredded from his body. Uh, Belladonna's dagger is like useless. Even Archon himself, the, the Superman of this world, titanic strength and the power of the sun is battered and kneeling before the tyrannical leader of this force. And you see the great and almighty Conatong the Conqueror at last. Southpaw stands before him, not as a child holding a bat, not as a, a kid following his friends but leading them as a man stepping forth to defend his world as the only person that can and you feel strong you feel strength you have only ever dreamed of and and this this power flowing into you from the the universe itself seeps into your body as its vitality is amplified through your own and you feel the the hope and the determination and the tenacity of humanity behind you as it swells into your very being as you charge forward with a mighty battle cry and prepare to throw a titanic punch and the vision ceases. You snap back to yourself. I think Sam is like collapsed in front of the wall, which is muted now, and is sort of like shaking and sweating and panting, um, with his eyes more gaunt than ever. And you see Waldo kind of behind him, like off you know, behind his shoulder at the mouth of the cave whimpering. Um, but Sam looks up with a uh, a look of determination. And uh, when he clenches his fist, um, 
you can see the gold that like um dim magma glow that was sort of like on the slime coming up through like his fingernails and like the you know the thinner parts of his skin or whatever incredible and and uh what does it feel like as you sort of uh accept this destiny that has been that has found you through one way or another um sam is is terrified do not be afraid my disciple go forth become the agent of change you have always sought to be so yeah, he and Waldo climb out again and as he um, gets back up to the path they were on before, uh, looks down blankly, um, feeling as though, you know, his heart is beating too forcefully and too slowly um, and that the arrow is loosed and um, that, you know, that this is what he must do. Just hopes that he'll be able to hear the falconer. <laughs> Not Shrike, though. Not Shrike. Different falconer. <laughs> Different falconer. <laughs> uh, and uh, so as you step forward out of this kind of cave and back into this uh, tranquil sort of valley of of verdant life uh, and look out through this kind of narrow crag that you you climbed through uh, you realize that you are not looking at the Feywilds anymore um, you are looking down uh, down over the foothills of the Olympic Forest and you can see far far in the distance the glowing lights of the city of New Olympus itself. And you realize that this kind of, uh, this force, whatever it is, as, uh, kind of exists in two dimensions or has brought you, exists here as well, or somehow is intersected with, uh, this grove that you have found on Mount Olympus. Yeah, I think there's like a little, you know, there's a little pool and uh, a brook that, you know, babbles down into it and then trickles away off the kind of uh, precipice below because there's a little bowl, a little hanging valley cirque where this pond sits. Um, and it's uh, thickly grown in with cedars and Douglas fir and silver birch and... Uh, um, a beam of sunlight um, breaks through the clouds and filters through the leaves and needles. Um, dew uh, sort of trickles down the f leaves of ferns, and um, there's this little, yeah, there's this little kind of rock setting out a little ways into the into the pond that. Um, is well suited to to kind of sit on 
and you kind of see um, in a ring around the pond this uh, ever so slightly glowing orange ring of uh, fungal uh, fruiting bodies and uh, little glimmers of orange like orbs of light floating in the air and you know fr- varying in size but mostly just little flecks um, but sort of sometimes coalescing and sometimes breaking apart and otherwise it just looks like a Pacific Northwest forest um, and Sam and Waldo are sort of left to this moment of uh, quietude to survey um, you know the the fullness of like what this you know what this what this new Sam is and means you know Sam knows he feels different he knows he has new powers and abilities but they are still um you know it's sort of like uh what's that like would be like the opposite of a phantom limb you know like thinking you feeling like you have a limb there that you've never had or i don't know phantom additional limb yeah extra you know haunt haunt he's like haunted by not haunted but you know like if that if that if you can think of the idea of a phantom limb that is appended after the fact. And that is sort of how he feels about all these weird new, like, powers and, like, thing, like, energies coursing through mm-hmm. him. Um, really, yeah. And, Embodying uh, that just changing yeah. nature and yeah, exactly that and, he's and, taken on. And so, you know, consequently, he... Th- you know, like he sits there as, you know, the sun rises and sets and rises and sets and he sits there quietly and Waldo sits there quietly and he sort of explores um, internally the like new universe of possibilities and things that all of this looks like. And um, time is just passing in a way that he is not experiencing as he tries to parse out uh, what this actually, you know, like. Is it going to kill him? Is it going to kill people he loves? Is it going, like, what action can he do? You know, or should he, you know, not do anything and just kind of, like, you know, jump yeah. on the grenade? What, what will he be able to do yeah. with it? Yeah. Now, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sam sort of, like, absent mindedly, like, And he, again, he hasn't heard this in so many words, but to reshape every world, you know, um, but that this is just some moat of a cosmic accident that it has landed in Sam's psyche and now, um, will be carried forward. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Every playbook has at least one option to take a move from another playbook as one of their advancements. So you have, uh, for some reason, chosen a Doom track, <laughs> as yours, which is wonderful. Uh, so taking a Doom uh, gives you a whole bunch of new powers. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. What new 
powers and abilities has Sam gained from uh, this infection that he has embraced? Um, well, the rot has given him the super strength and speed that he's always kind of aspired towards or pretended mm-hmm. at. Yeah, um, yeah. He's always been kind of like kissing the surface of that, you know, right. level of potential, but now he has been, yeah, thrown headfirst into um, that. But it also, because it, because the rot has taken the kind of disturbance forms of fungi, at least in Sam's experience, um, he's able to, like, absorb vitality and channel the changes of time to his advantage. And so, again, like a um, like a fungal mat, he's extract, he can extract the nutrient from things, the juice from something. But then the other thing that he does is that it is given the the ability to do is um is to form psychic constructs and um and implant people with like images dreams nightmares stories notions of reality mm-hmm. um that weren't there before Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not necessarily yeah so it's not necessarily like a a green lantern psychic construct or you know like a psylocke sword or something this is much more of almost like a incepting an idea yeah 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 fiddling with people's perceptions of reality yeah and there's you know there is a continuum between how strong that psychic construct is and how real it might be within other frames of reference Mm -hmm. is like Mm -hmm. what Sam is coming to, to realize. Right. Right. That through this power, even just like something that you, if you believe it enough in your mind that it's real, it becomes real sort of deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, awesome. Uh, and, um, cool. You also get a sanctuary that, uh, your your doom has has granted you. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about this uh, magical grotto of Sam's. Um, yeah, um, yeah. So there's like in Mount Olympus National Park on the banks of this big or on the slopes of this big volcano is like kind of tucked away this little hanging valley. You know, just a small little valley where um, you know up at the at the top of it is uh, an overhang kind of cave, you know, rock wall. And then there's a, you know, just a lush temperate rainforest uh, grove with a, a hot spring and, and, um, and off to the side, sort of near where the mouth of the cave is. Uh, and a, a perfect vantage to kind of look out over the glade. And yeah, so there, it's this fairy grove and there's a, a fairy ring that sort of is perfectly centered in this clearing and, um, is comprised of, um, a life form that 
again, is presenting itself here on Earth X as, you know, a mushroom fairy ring. But if, you know, a biologist were to look at the tissue, it would be something else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Not not a literal earthly fungus, but one that behaves in similar similar manners from an unknown source. Awesome. Um, and, uh, what other, uh, what kind of powers or boons can Sam access here while he is in his sanctuary? Um, well, it's a space for meditation, sort of, you know, with the potential to kind of, like, recharge your channel powers for a great working, or try and see, discern some aspect of the past or the future, potentially in the future anyway. Um, a teleportal. Um, this is at the intersection of many different folds in the fabric of space time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and then there is a uh some sort of sprite or helper who we actually ha- haven't met yet mm-hmm. uh who resides in the fairy grove awesome so this is a is this like a manifestation of the rot, or is this like another being that serves the rot? And I think it's a being that is adjacent or like has knowledge of the rot, you mm-hmm. know, like sort of mm-hmm. uh, is maybe symbiotic or maybe just like through happenstance has seen the rot play out over. So it's like a, a fae creature or a sort of mystical creature who has some tangential knowledge of the rot. And again, it's not like beholden to Sam in any way, but. Um, yeah, the actual glade, the forest grove, and where these, you know, otherworldly, this otherworldly fairy ring or fungal ring has come from, like, that is the rot. Like, mm-hmm. the rot is right taking this space, and you can feel it, too, because it can't always be accessed. You know, you can't always map it to a map mm-hmm. or even know where its place is in time and space. Is, right, uh, right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um. Cool. Uh, and then, so then it's two downsides are it's very difficult to find, as right. I mentioned. Right. And it is like a, it is the literal nexus point of whatever this entity is that is yeah. entering our universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the rot, you know, is sort of presented to Sam that it is in a position to enable Sam's will to be, you know, exercised. Mm-hmm. But Sam doesn't fully know or trust like what the consequences of that will be um, to either just use this power or for it to promulgate. Um, there is a sense that because ever since it's happened that, you know, like there's an inescapable like sense of, of, you know, um, foreboding foreboding. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, and just there can't be, you know, if this power is to be exercised, you know, Sam can just see that there's going to be a cost. Right, right. Awesome. Um, cool. And then let's talk a little bit about your Doom track. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the Doom has a Doom track and uh, it's like five squares, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time you uh, do something that brings your doom closer, um, which we'll talk about in a second. You fill in a little square 
And when you fill it up all the way, you mark another doom sign, which is like a powerful ability that your uh, this entity has granted you, a powerful boon, but it also comes at a cost. And if you collect too many doom signs, eventually you are consumed by your doom and you will die. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what brings about your doom for Sam? What, what advances a doom sign? Um, the rot wants Sam not only to like, you know, it's vested in him, this power, but it wants him to disperse the power to collaborate with it. It, and so if Sam tries to take too much of it on by himself and doesn't channel, you know, with those Mm -hmm. psychic constructs, if he doesn't point other people in that same direction, um, that is what causes him sort of the grievous doom harm mm-hmm. is to either overexert himself or to face danger alone mm-hmm. himself with the doom. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that's actually super interesting. That it doesn't it gives Sam a lot of great power, but it wants him interacting with others and being around others, and so you know you can't really lone wolf it. Is yeah, that's really cool. I love that a lot. Awesome. And uh, you also start with a doom sign. So what is uh, what have you chosen as your first doom sign? Um, I can't remember. It's the one where I do adult dooms. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you can mark a. I think you can mark a uh, space on your doom track to use an adult move. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that's called, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Awesome. Yeah. And adult moves are basically more powerful basic moves right. um, that let you do awesome things like instead of unleashing your powers and not knowing what can happen, you can just wield your powers and do things right. or just yeah. straight up knock out an enemy or give a Captain America inspiring speech or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. So that'll be really fun. I'm super excited for this. Awesome. Uh, anything else you want to share about Sam's uh, it's Sam's new Doom The Rot or... Uh, other little details or tidbits? Um, no, I don't think so. I think there's still um, things to be discovered about it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Awesome. So yeah, that's it. Wonderworld Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brendan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham who can be found on Twitter at GalvanicMan. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley, who can be found on his Instagram at BigSkyCharlie. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WWComicsPodcast, or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.